Welcome to Inside Today's Country, the show that gets the real stories from today's country stars, stories you haven't heard anywhere else. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been on the radio interviewing the biggest stars in the business and discovering new talent for more than 20 years, and now in his very own podcast. Are you ready? Let's go Inside Today's Country. On this episode of Inside Today's Country, we catch up with Canadian country superstar Brett Kissel. He has a brand new song out, plus a new album coming in January, and some ambitious goals for the next couple of years. We'll talk about what it was like to tour with Garth Brooks, and Brett says he needs to spend more time doing this. But there's nothing I love more than my family and my kids, so I have to get pretty serious about that. That's all coming up as we go Inside Today's Country. Tell me, baby, do you drink about me? On this episode, we welcome Brett Kissel to the podcast, a guy I've known for quite a while. Well, thanks for the welcome. Obviously honored that I get a chance to talk with you again and catch up on life and be a part of this. Life for you, man, never stops. We've been trying to connect with each other for a while now. You are a busy guy. You're all over the place. We are. And you know what? It's a, it's a blessing, that's for sure. But it can be a curse sometimes because every time I look at my calendar and I see some empty space, I do get excited. I think, all right. November or December, I get an opportunity to slow down. But anytime I think that, something big comes on the horizon, we get busy again. So now I'm looking forward to 2020. And this time, I think I'm going to do my very best to achieve balance, which I think for any parent or any entrepreneur or anybody in the business world, you know, always tries their best to achieve balance. And why is that so important for you now? It's a great question. You know, but for me, it's a lot of it has to do with, you know, my kids are are grown up so fast. I mean, I've got a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a nine-month-old, and a very, you know, blessed life and a really, really great little family. But I used to spend so much time out on the road with my career in country music and focusing all of my effort and attention on that, which in reality, that's not the that's not the secret to life in any way, shape, or form. This is just a job that I happen to love very, very much. But there's nothing I love more than my family and my kids. So I have to get pretty serious about that and spend a lot more time soaking in the time that I have with my little family. Does your little family realize who Brett Kissel is and what he does? Well, yes and no. Uh, you know, my, my second daughter, Aria, and my little baby boy, Leo, I don't really think so. But Mila, my three-and-a-half-year-old, I think she's starting to clue in as to who I am and what I do and that my life and my career is country music. Mm-hmm. So when she hears me on the radio... Uh, I know that she giggles and she says, oh, that's dad on the radio. And then we've got a lot of friends that are in the business Mm -hmm. that, you know, my daughters and my son uh, think are are aunties and uncles. For example, you know, artists like Tennille Towns or Jess Moskaluk or Mackenzie Porter, uh, you know, or even, you know, Brad Paisley. And and my daughter will be like, oh, that's Auntie Mackenzie. And and we're like, well, yeah, that's Auntie McKenzie to you, but she's actually a really big star. So it's pretty funny to listen to. Why Why country music, Brett? Why, what got you into this? Uh, you know what? A little kid, I was in, you know, in St. Paul, Alberta, on the cattle with my grandparents and my parents. And that's all we listened to. There was a hometown station called 790 CFCW, which is now 840 CFCW. But it was kind of like the WSM of, of Canada and Alberta. Mm-hmm. And... They played traditional country music. They played new country music. And even though I was a kid growing up in the 90s, 
I was a kid listening to the radio and grew up on the radio, and I loved traditional country music. Yeah, my parents maybe had records of, you know, CCR and the Eagles and, and BTO and Guess Who and stuff like that, but it was, you know, the artists like Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson, and it got into George Strait and Garth Brooks, you know, later on that I really was drawn to. Garth Brooks, let's talk a little bit about that. You've had some interesting experiences with that. Absolutely. And you know what? Every day that I got to spend with Garth Brooks was better than the last. <laughs> I mean, we could probably have a whole podcast, a whole series, each revolving around a different story. That guy is a machine. He is. You know what? On stage, playing two shows in a day, I remember opening for him at Edmonton. He did an afternoon matinee, and then he got the crowd fired up, 19,000 people at Rogers place. And then you fast forward a couple hours later and it's eight o'clock and now he's doing the exact same thing for a new 19,000 people. The guy never, ever, ever loses energy or passion for his craft. And that's an incredible thing to watch. When you stand back and you as a Canadian artist, and I mean, people will obviously, you know, fill the stadiums for you, but when you, when you stand back as an artist and go, Holy cow, I'm, I'm, opening for Garth and look what he's doing. What goes through your brain? I'm just trying to soak it in. You know, if there's anything I've learned, especially in my late twenties and as I embark on 30, you know, coming up in the year 2020, I think to myself that I have to soak in these moments because they can go in the blink of an eye. I've watched so many biographies of my heroes that maybe toured with Johnny Cash or got to live the good life playing in the Eagles. And now those days are gone. You know, the heyday is gone. I may have lived my best days already. I don't know that yet. So I'm trying my very best to stand backstage and watch my hero in Garth Brooks whip the crowd up into a frenzy and just pinch myself and say, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I deserve to be here. I love being here. And I love these moments. You've talked about biographies of, of your uh, heroes and your idols. Who are some of those? Well, my very first hero in Canadian music was uh, an artist by the name of Danny Hooper, who was a mentor for me, a great entertainer. He was an MC, an auctioneer, and a great country singer. Mm-hmm. He taught me a lot, especially in the local circuit of, of Alberta. But then, you know, I set my sights on a guy named George Fox. And George Fox was from Cochrane, Alberta, but he now lives somewhere in Ontario. Mm -hmm. But I loved all of his songs. And then I set my sights on Paul Brandt, and I got to learn from Paul Brandt. So in Canada, I had a great trajectory and a great group of guys who really took me under their wing. Then I went to Nashville, and then I really started to dive deep into the great songsmiths, the great songwriters, and the great entertainers. Of course, Garth Brooks. But then you look at the legacy of Johnny Cash. You look at the legacy of George Strait that he's left on country music. And I'm pretty lucky to be somewhat in the same circles that these guys have traveled in and have lived in as I'm embarking on my career on the international level. What is it like when you change into the world of international? It's tough. I'll tell you that. And I, and I can be, be frank with you because you've known me for a long time and I've yep. known you for a long time. Breaking into, an, in a, in, into a new territory is probably like breaking a new brand, uh, you know, in, in the world of business. In America, you know, you've got a company like Tim Hortons that does so well in Canada, yet is trying to get a foothold in the United States. They know they're better than Dunkin' Donuts. They know they're better than all these other brands. But telling the United States and the public about that is a tough thing for Tim Hortons. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know and don't necessarily believe that I'm better 
than artists coming up through the ranks in the United States. But I know that I've got something special to offer. And I'm really hoping that through my songs and through my ability to perform and entertain and connect, mm -hmm. that I'll be able to gather as many fans as possible, not just the way I did it in Alberta, but do it in Alabama and do it in, in New Mexico and do it in New York State and do it in Washington State mm -hmm. and really take on the United States market. But it's tough. Where's the one place that you want to play right now in the States, if you could go there and make a mark? You know what? I'd say it'd probably be one of the four incredible talk shows. Um, number one, I would say Ellen. You know, if I got an opportunity to be on Ellen, I, I'd probably die a happy man. <laughs> then there's Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Then there's Jimmy Fallon. And yeah. then there's James Corden. Those shows, the performances that they put on, the pranks that they play on their guests, and the whole vibe of those late-night talk shows yeah. are, are next level. So to me, that's that's exactly what I'd love to do. I mean, the world has gone international now with downloads and Spotify and what we're doing now with a podcast. How important is a, is this to an artist like yourself? I think it's the most important thing right now. If you're if you're on the outside looking in, you know, I think the boat has is, is probably passed you by. I don't mean to, you know, be negative on that because of course at any time somebody can get on the bandwagon. But if you're not on social media and if you're not spending the time connecting with people who are running podcasts, that is the way of the future. Don't get me wrong, I love country radio, and that's how you and I developed our mm -hmm. friendship. Mm -hmm. But a lot of podcasts that I've done in New York and L.A. and um, you know, and, and in Texas and, and around the United States get more downloads and more listeners than the big morning shows um, in, you know, in New York at, at the New York Country Station. Mm -hmm. So don't get me wrong, I'd love to be on country radio in New York City. But getting to be on a couple podcasts and getting a million downloads of some of my songs through that, well, I mean, you can't you can't fight that system. Mm -hmm. It's a justifiable system, and the proof is in the pudding in that regard. So I'm pretty thankful that I've been able to connect with a lot of people in the world of social media. How has the country music world changed, rather, in the in, you know since you've been doing this? Well, you know, I think it's a great conversation that you and I can have, and a lot of your listeners can have that our business, our genre of country music, is the most encompassing genre of all. What I mean by that is even compared to pop or rock or uh, all the other genres that people love and listen to, country music has a little bit of everything under the umbrella of country music. You've got Dan and Shay and Justin Bieber with a giant song called 10,000 Hours on one side of the spectrum. Then you've got Luke Combs, who is bringing back 90s country music with a vengeance and yeah. Midland who are doing that. Then you've got, you know, space for other guys who still have hits on the radio, like Garth Brooks, who were giant in the nineties, giant 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then you've got your straight ahead country in, in Marin Morris and Carrie Underwood and Miranda Lambert, who are doing what they're doing. Then you've got rock country music in Jason Aldean. Now, 2019 and 2020, country music is even a lot more different than it was in the early 2000s, which only had its own pocket mm -hmm. for what it was. So I'm really excited to be in the story and in the center of country music right now that is all-encompassing because it's a great spot to be in as listeners love a little bit of everything. Let's talk about the Dan and Shay and Justin Bieber thing for a second because that, as you say, is a massive song. And whoever thought that that collaboration would ever happen? Well, no, I mean, can you imagine? So you think back to your radio days 
And all of the time that you put in, what, 20 plus, maybe close to 30 years in the business of radio, and to have the, you know, the new prince of pop mm -hmm. in Justin Bieber, mm -hmm. who has the same level of status and success as some of his predecessors like Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. But to have that type of status and to bring that onto country radio, I have to actually ask you, did you ever think you'd see the day? Never. Never in a million years would I have ever seen the day. And thanks for making me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you you know me. That ain't my intention. But I love talking to legends of the business, such as yourself, who can draw on a wealth of experience to say, you know what? Olivia Newton-John back in the 80s was a little bit left of center because she was a pop star. She was. Coming on the country radio. But that was kind of a one in a million type of thing. Whereas now you've got Bieber, you know, who's doing this and making it cool. You had Pink joining forces with Kenny Chesney. You had Zach Brown Band, you know, have all these different artists on their record. You have Taylor Swift that departs country music and goes to pop. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that in every way, shape, and form in our business, it's welcoming everybody else to come in and be a part of the country genre, which we, is a pretty cool thing. We are talking with Brett Kissel, who, by the way, speaking of music, has a new song out. Well, it's one I'm really proud of, <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm really happy with his success so far. Yeah, Drink About Me. I'm pretty pretty uh, stoked about it. This is like the first song you've put out in a while. Yeah, you know what? It's It's been one year since I released a new song. Uh, Cecilia was my last single, which was, you know, September of 2018. And I took that year off um, to really find myself creatively. And I'm very proud with what we've accomplished as a team, myself, my producer, my band, my crew, because the stakes are higher than they've ever been before in country music. And what I mean by that is I was very lucky to win a Juno Award for the last record. Mm -hmm. And when you have that type of success, you need to make sure that you follow it up with something greater. And I didn't want to make, I wanted to make sure that I didn't do something that was the same level or heaven forbid something less than, which is why with this new record and this new song, we feel that we've elevated our game. And I'm very proud of that. Where did drink about me come from? Where, where's it all spawned from? You know, it's an interesting story. I was at the bluebird cafe in Nashville in January this year and playing a writer's round with a friend of mine named Matt Rogers. Matt Rogers is a great songwriter in Nashville. Matt's, you know, recorded with, um, you know, Brett Eldridge. He's written songs for Dan and Shay, FGL, High Valley. The list goes on. He played this song that he told me and told everybody on the microphone, this is a song that he cannot believe has not been recorded by so many of his friends in the business. He's played it for Tim McGraw. He's played it for Kenny Chesney. He's played it for Blake Shelton. And they've all loved it, mm -hmm. but nobody has really you know, nobody took a bite. Okay. Um, and I told him on the microphone in front of everybody, I said, if you give me the opportunity to record this song, I promise you I will not only record it, but I will release it as my first single, which is a very odd thing to say because I actually have to run that past my manager and my record <laughs> label and everything. But I made him that promise in front of 100 people at the Bluebird. And he's like, all right, dude, it's yours. So I went into the studio with him and my band, a couple days later, and we cut Drink About Me, and I sent it to my team, and I said, this is going to be my first single. And they all said, it better be good. You know, they, they texted back or right, emailed right, back. Right. And, and they all approved it. 
you know, within days of me hearing it and recording it. And it was great to have that type of consensus, but it all stemmed from the Bluebird. And that's one of those places that I have yet to go to is the Bluebird. And that is such a magical place for country artists. It is. And, you know, Tim, I'd love to invite you. I, I plan to play there again in January when my new record comes out. We're going to start the new year off with a bang and play the Opry and play the Bluebird and do all these great things. And when we do, um, if you want to come down to Nashville and maybe do some podcasts with some of your friends in the music business down there and let me join you again, I- I'd love that. Well, we would be honored to uh, to be there, my friend. I've yet to be in Nashville, uh, even though I've been doing country radio, as you say, for you know for twenty years. Uh, it is the one place that I have not put my boots on yet, and I've just always been from from this side of it. And it's uh, it's still one of those goals where we got to get down there because, as you know, when you talk to yourself and other artists, it's such a magical place. It really is. You know what? Hollywood is. Uh, some of my friends in, in acting say that Hollywood is such a tough market to crack such a tough place to be where if you go to Nashville, it's so welcoming. It's so open. It's honest. It's raw. It's a beautiful city. And I think any country artist that comes down there for the most part gets welcomed with open arms. And I'd love to host you if you come down to music city. We would love to come. Your new album is coming out in the new year and you've already got a title for it. I do. It's called now or never, which really speaks to me and the mindset that I'm in right now. And it comes out on January 1st. So, while people are making New Year's resolutions, I'm doing one as well. And my vow is to actually make new music a lot more consistent. And that's why we're doing a really great body of work, eight songs that pack a punch on this record. But as soon as we're done with this record, the next new year of 2021, another new record comes out. And then the next year, January 1st, 2022, a new record comes out. So we're making a promise to my fans, three albums, three years, every New Year's Day. I don't. I don't know if you're going to be able to sleep, my friend. <laughs> I know no, you want to. I know you want to. Type of excitement. I know you want to have the balance in life, but wow, you're giving yourself a, a great challenge, and I and I commend you for for doing that. What's on Brett Kissel's playlist right now? For me, I just made the most epic '90s country playlist on Apple Music as well as Spotify that I'm really excited about, and a lot of them are like one-hit wonders from guys like. Bradney Foster, Nobody Wins, or Black Hawk. You know, I'm not strong enough to say no. Um, of course, I've got the great legends in Alan Jackson and Alabama and Garth and George Strait. But I love trying to find those hidden gems, you know, uh, of all the great artists that had some pretty big hits, but, you know, maybe don't have the same superstar status now. Do you draw from those playlists that you've made? Oh, absolutely. I mean, of course, there's a lot of nostalgia that comes with that. But I love hearing a song that's timeless, a song that still resonates true. Maybe it came out in 1992, but the topic and the content is still so relatable. And to me, as an artist in the year 2019, 2020, I love hearing that to think, okay, as a songwriter, am I thinking about and writing topics that are going to be relatable 30 years from now? Because if not... It's important for me to, you know, maybe rethink my plan. Advice that Brett Kissel would give a young person who is just getting in in this industry. We know it's a crazy business, but you got into it. You're doing well with it. But, you know, what would you pass on to a younger generation? And I hate to say it, but there is the younger generation coming up behind you. Oh, there is. And, you know, and, and I feel it and I embrace that in a big way. I would just say for any artist coming up through the ranks is to work hard. You know what? Take a page out of the legends that have lasted 
a lot of it has to do with their work ethic. So the harder you work, the more successful you're going to be. Brett Kissel, where can people find you on social media? Well, Instagram is my favorite. So follow me at Brett Kissel or Twitter. Uh, Facebook is Brett Kissel Music. My website is brettkissel.com. But the biggest thing is to discover my music, obviously, through Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, Amazon, or Apple Music. I'm very thankful to be a part of this generation of country music. And Tim, I'm very thankful that I got a chance to talk with you today. My friend, it is always a pleasure, and we will have you back because we know there are more stories from yourself on the road and, and everything that you do. And uh, I continued great success for you, my friend. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening to Inside Today's Country with Tim Black. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This has been a TimBlackOnAir.com production.